Hey everyone, this is Dave Cruz from Flyber Labs, a podcast on business and innovation in the Midwest and beyond. Here you'll meet fascinating people and learn about new technologies and practices that will change how you look at life and business. Enjoy. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Flyover Labs. This is Dave Cruz from Madison, Wisconsin. And today we are lucky enough to have Tony DeLeo with us. And Tony is the Senior Vice President and Chief Innovation Officer of Ingredion. And Ingredion, which you may not have heard of, is a huge global ingredient uh, ingredient solutions company that makes sweeteners, starches, and other ingredients from plant sources such as corn, tapioca, rice, and potatoes. And they provide solutions for almost 60 industry sectors across 40 countries. And they have a market cap of $8.6 billion, so they're quite huge. And they're located in a, just outside of Chicago, actually, in West, Westchester, Illinois. And Tony, he's in charge of innovation in, uh, across research and development, marketing, and business development. And uh, he has a P&L responsibility over $700 million and a staff of 160 people. So I think Tony keeps pretty busy. So I'm, I'm I'm excited to hear more about um, how he thinks about innovation and how he got to where he is and where he wants to go. So uh, Tony, thanks for uh, joining us today. Pleasure to be here. Pleasure to be here. So let's uh yeah, it'd be great to hear a little bit about your background and how you ended up eventually at Ingridion and um, just so we get sure. to know you a little bit better. Yeah, so you know, I, my background educationally, I'm an engineer, chemical engineer, and when I graduated, I kind of debated going the more traditional route, petrochemicals or something like that. But uh, the food industry was always very interesting, and and um, you know, I, I ended up um, being able to apply everything that I learned from an engineering standpoint into food, and I thought that was kind of interesting. So um, my first, I started out with Nestle um, and making instant coffee and tea. And then the bulk of my career was with Mars Incorporated, where I worked across all their products and uh, portfolio products, you know, from um, their savory snacks to sweet snacks, to pet food, ice cream, even some uh, main meal products. And, um, you know, along the way, I, I started in R&D. I kind of got more and more interested in, you know, how do you position products? How do you, how do you get consumers ultimately to accept products? And... Um, I got frustrated with the marketing people because they, I always <laughs> felt they were never able to really communicate the benefits of the products appropriately to consumers. So I kind of, kind of migrated into marketing and then into general management. And uh, I think it's it's a unique, um, you know, the food industry is, is a, just a great thing because we can all relate to it, you know. And um, you know, in the years that I've been thirty plus years, I've been involved in the food industry. It's just changed so much. I mean, you think about the foods that we eat today. Uh, where we buy our foods, what we buy, uh, the global influences on, you know, what we choose. You know, when I was a kid, you know, we, we didn't even know what Mexican food was, right? You know, it's, it's everywhere, or let alone Thai or some of the other, other foods that, uh, you know, even coming out of Africa and India and so forth, foods we've never heard of. So it's really fascinating that how food evolves. And I think the other thing that's great about the food industry, you, you learn so much about yourself and, and in culture through food. So it's just, um, it's wonderful for me. It's always been wonderful and exciting to be part of the food industry. Interesting. So, so um, you know, eventually, away I stumbled. I stumbled into uh, actually, I was, I was delighted to be joining to join uh, at that time in National Starch, which was another. It was a food ingredient uh, business that, that kind of gave me another. So it's the intel inside, if you will, kind of approach. <laughs> where I moved from 
making the consumer products that are making the magic, the magical ingredients that, that make it all possible. So, um, and, and that's uh, where I've been for the last 10 years. And, and National Starch was acquired by Corn Products, and we changed our name to Ingredion. And as you said in your introduction, we're a, a global company with operations in North America, South America, Asia, Europe, uh, uh, even even parts of the Middle East. So we really cover the globe uh, with our solutions. And it is about providing our customers you know, solutions. And as I said earlier, it's a changing dynamic in the world, and we always have to come up with better solutions uh, to meet their needs. Interesting. And you, you mentioned that uh, working in the food industry, you get to know yourself better. So what do you mean by that? I'm curious. Yeah, I think, I think again, um, you know, when you, when you, you know, my background, you can, for my name is Italian, you know, and I, and you get to understand more about the origins of the food and where it came from, mm-hmm. uh, you know, why people made certain food choices, um, you know, um, why we have the foods that have the spices that they use, what the purpose is. I mean, a lot you know, people don't realize that a lot of the spices are used really for preservation of food initially, right? They can obviously become part of a flavor system that people accept, but they don't think about these, these, some of these ingredients have, have uh, functionality that really go back to the, preservation of food or the or making food huh. safe and, and and if you really go back to the modern food industry which i would say you know um started probably in the late 1800s early 1900s when you had uh, you know uh, the food industry really taking off as we know it today it was really about providing safe and affordable food uh for consumers and and um you know ironically we're kind of reverting back to uh with with the trends today more towards simple and natural foods but um, they still have the same challenges how do you how do you make them safe how do you make them affordable Um, and uh, yeah so so along the way I think we learn an awful lot about you know ourselves our culture and um, it's just it's just fascinating I always found it very fascinating yeah I like that yeah it's a a good way to I'm from a I got German ancestry but never really you know we have brats and beer in Wisconsin, but beyond that, I haven't really dove into the the food aspect. So it, that's a good way to put it. Um, so at, at Ingredion, what what are your, some of your main priorities? You oversee a lot of people, but how do you know what to focus on, and uh, you know what are some of your goals throughout the the year? Sure. Well, you know our strategy is all driven by what we see as the consumer and and. You know, two two forces, I would say, consumer trends and technology trends. And so we're constantly scanning to really understand what those trends are, what consumers are interested in, what our customers will be interested in. And we try to be proactive in providing our customers, a lot of the big food companies, but even some of the medium-sized and smaller food companies with the, you know, solutions they need. So, you know, the last, um, I would say in the last five years in particular, you know, this whole move towards natural, clean label, simpler ingredients uh, people want you know know where their food comes from they want to know the origin of the food some cases you know you know non-gm some cases uh, you know just just knowing that it was a, a native ingredient or a locally sourced ingredient so it's presenting new opportunities and new challenges for us and and to uh, to think about um new ways of providing solutions that uh, you know that meet that meet that need for clean and simple and, and natural foods so that's one area. Yeah, no. I you know oh, go ahead. I would yeah. go ahead. the other. I was gonna say the other one is is you know there's 
as as we know, it, it it's an interesting area, and it, and it's it's one littered with lots of successes and and lots of failures. I would say it's littered with more failures than successes, actually. But you know, the whole nutritional space. I mean, in in understanding, um, you know, how to make foods more nutritious. Now, you know, there's just just the other day, you know, there's a big push now by FDA to reduce salt. And talked about reducing sugar in foods. We talked about uh, you know increasing the amount of fiber that we eat. Um, all these things uh, present challenges uh, and opportunities for food companies and, and, and being able to provide foods that are convenient, that are safe, but also have all these nutritional benefits. And, you know, this linkage now between, uh, you know, what we eat and our overall health. And uh, I don't know if you read information about the microbiome, it's really the, all the flora that's in our intestinal tracts. And, and now they're linking into all kinds of diseases and, and, uh, you know, and health, and also healthy, you know, healthy gut flora providing, you know, uh, health benefits. So uh, uh, it's a very fascinating study. You can control your weight. You can control your blood sugar. You can control all this is all kind of linked. So we're it's it's really interesting. Those two areas are areas of interest. So natural, simple nutrition are key drivers, and will continue to be key drivers in our industry. And that's something that we're very much focused. Interesting. So like around the t- trends, do you have a team of people who are looking for these trends? And then if you find a trend, kind of like you mentioned, the, the healthy trend and the simple, you know, how do you um, start looking into it and how do you execute on it? Or, and, and once you do, do you, do you go to a client saying, hey, this is what we think is coming? Like, this is how you should reposition or how does it kind of all work together? Uh, yeah. No, absolutely. Well, first, for, yeah, so absolutely. We, we, we actually are constantly gathering information about trends in, in, in all the regions that we work. So we have, you know, a global network of marketing folks that are, are, are linked together. And actually, formally, on an annual basis, we will we'll try to kind of ladder up and, and bring here the key trends in Europe or in Asia and South America North America and 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 say and identify those trends and then look to see what's relevant for us. I mean, you, we you have to bring it back to what's relevant as a business. So we're our our ingredients today are mostly you know derivatives of uh, carbohydrates, starch and starch derivatives. Now we are moving into other things. We acquired a company called Cur Concentrates, which are fruit derivatives. And so and I'll explain how that makes sense and why we're going there in a moment. But we kind of looked at what what can we really do? Where we can we bring technology? Where can we be and bring value for our for our for our customers? Right. And so we'll look at those trends. We'll validate those trends. As you said, we'll go to our customers. We'll, we'll talk to them about their needs, their challenges, and uh, we'll try to put this all into perspective. And then we'll begin to develop uh, uh, products or, or technologies and you know we do try to very early on in the development process also go back out to lead customers or, um, that uh, we know and trust and 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 get their input on early prototypes and so forth so we make sure that we hit the mark you know um, and uh, you know it's a long you know it's a long development cycle for food products I mean if you if you start with uh, uh, food companies uh, you know they, they have to present the the trade to the grocery stores and so forth, you know, a year, at least a year out. So they have to have their product done a year in advance. And then on top of that, you know, then they've got to do their development product. And they have to do shelf life testing, which can take another nine months. So you're talking, you know, by the time we, when we get involved and sometimes it's three, four years ahead of when they're, wow. when they're actually going to bring the product to market. So like, it could be quicker too, but yeah. I mean, uh, a lot of times that's what we are. So we, we do, it's very important 
as you said, that we collaborate along the way with our customers and, and we're partners to them in solving or helping them solve their problems along the way so that at the end we all succeed. And uh, so that kind of just gives you an overview of the, of sort of the, how we do, how we generally identify trends, you know, validate them with customers. And then as we develop along, check back with them to make sure that we're hitting the mark in terms of meeting. Yeah, no, that's smart. And how, how do you, can you give an example of how you solve a customer's problem? I mean, there's, there's probably such a huge variety, but if there's one example, like, Hey, a customer makes a yogurt and they want to make it creamier or if they want to make a granola yeah. crunchier. Um, sure. Yeah. Kind of like how do they come to you? Do you go to them? And then how do you actually you know, take their problem? Yeah, a little, a little happen? both. I mean, okay. a little both. Absolutely. A little both. But let's take the yogurt example. Cause it's a very good one. Um, a number of years ago, uh, we saw a real opportunity to, you know, to, to make texture a differentiator. When you think about foods, our customers are thinking, well, what's the new flavor? What's the new this? But, you know, texture actually, some, we always thought it was sort of an overlooked product attribute that if you can optimize it and you can, you, you can actually uh, increase consumer preference and bring variety and so forth. And, and yogurts, as you know, have gone through a tremendous array of textures and just think of Greek yogurt and how that's really changed the, the yogurt market in the last few years. But this was even before that. And uh, we went out and we actually just, we went around globally and we picked 80 different yogurt products that represented, we thought the universe, literally in this case, the universe of huh. texture. And uh, we, we narrowed it down to 12 products that kind of define the space. Right. And um, we went out and did consumer testing with that. And we, 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 we teased out what were the specific attributes that were important for certain segments of customers. And when you talk about texture, it is complex. It's not like, oh, it's smooth and creamy, but there are elements of smooth and creamy. How much does it coat your mouth? How much does it coat your tongue? How long does it take to clear out of your mouth? You know, how much, how much force do you need initially to get the material to move when you, you, you know, lick it off the spoon or, or, or take it off your spoon in your mouth? All those things are perceptions of texture. And we quantified that. We quantified it with our sensory capabilities. We also quantified many of those attributes using rheology, you know, just measuring, using, you know, analytical measurements. And, and, and from that, we were able to actually identify what the ideal texture was for a number of different consumers. And we actually built those products, developed those products, and we took it to market, and we beat the leading yogurt in the market in preference. And so we took that, then we took all that information, and we went to, to our customers and said, hey, we really can help you to develop a product that's absolutely superior in texture and actually be... Uh, you know, uh, help you to, to, to win market share. And so that's the sort of things that we would do proactively. So it's kind of combining all of our knowledge. And along the way, by the way, in doing that, we actually developed a new product. We got a patent uh, hmm. for a specific attribute that could only be um, delivered with this, this new uh, molecule, our new ingredient, I would say, um, that, that gave a unique property of, and in this case, a fat, fat-like property. So kind of you know, when you get into the details of it, kind of addresses one of the issues I talked about in, in terms of texture. So, um, you know, that's how we approach it. I think we are very scientific in our approach, and I think it, it, it does help us, uh, to you know, with our customers because we can provide that assurance, that robustness of solution by having the science behind and that for the, the products and therefore are the solutions that we're providing. And then they can feel confident as well that, that they're getting a solution that's going to, going to be a winning solution in the market. 
Interesting. And, and you said, you know, you mentioned with the yogurt example that different uh, textures uh, appeal to different kind of demographics or different maybe segment of people. Um, th- I mean, does that go into the marketing too, that maybe the older adults like a certain texture and the, the kids like another texture? Like, would you have almost different product lines? Yeah, well, so in this particular, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. In this case, we did. We did exactly that. We found in this case it was a preference. It was a geographic preference between East Coast and West Coast. Huh. And there was another preference between male and female. Uh, I mean, and, you know, honestly, it comes down to we didn't we didn't have enough data in this particular case to get down to kids. But, um, uh, you know, that we actually tested a lot of the products with kids. But I'm sure you would find other things as well. And, I, you know, listen, our, our customers, uh, particularly the big food companies, are very sophisticated at this but I think what we brought to them was, is, is, which they didn't know before, or didn't have an under, appreciation before, that the texture could have this much of an effect and play this much a role in overall product acceptability and preference. Interesting. And so, with like with the yogurt, give, oh, go ahead. Here, go ahead. No, I, the other example I give you that that's a different way of working. That uh, and this is, it goes to the UK, where you know I don't know if, if you've been to the UK recently, but a lot of the meals that they have are are chilled, ready to take home, just heat meat type of product. Companies like uh, Marks and Spencer's uh, pioneered this many years ago, but you know now all the major grocery chains are offering these products, and they're very high quality meals. And it's something that you know I would say was a unique initially to to the UK. And you know we saw the, the this as an opportunity because you know these products typically have a shelf life of, uh, in, in, a, in a refrigerator. Uh, of, of five to seven days, and even during that time, there are changes that occur, and 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 these and these companies wanted to make it natural and fresh and so forth. So we brought some technology and and worked directly with the the end customers, the, the retailers themselves, to help them develop their recipes. And we brought innovation in terms of solving that problem, but also we brought ideas in terms of uh, you know flavors and, and concepts and products. So we really became their go-to partner. Uh, in developing products. And then what they did in turn was to specify um, and connect us with their suppliers so that we would work directly with suppliers to provide them solutions. So again, it's, it was bringing that insight, uh, that technology, but also the insight of the market, of flavors, of trends, and so forth that allowed us to, to really create value for our customers in the UK. So we do it in a, in a variety of different ways, but it really does, it really does, as you said up front, it really starts with an understanding of the consumer and consumer trends and then making it relevant for our customers. Interesting. Okay. Well, you already, you, somehow you, uh, answered my uh, the question I was about to ask so that's good <laughs> you're, you're ahead you're somehow thinking ahead here of what I'm uh, gonna ask but so that's great and so I was curious um how do you decide what to work on because like the, with the yogurt example and these um you know it takes a lot of a uh, investment on your side how do you know that was going to be an interesting instead of another food there's so many food products out there um do you go through different potential projects and score them? Or how do you think about it kind of from a, a higher level? Yeah. So, so, so strategically we have made some, what we call strategic bets and we have these platforms, these product platforms that are really customer or consumer focused and we call them springboards. And we have one, for example, all around wholesome and natural ingredients. And we have another one around sweetness, right? And increasingly, for example, in that case, our focus is around how do we reduce calories? How do we provide the you know, functionality of sugar? 
uh, without the sugar because everyone's trying to reduce sugar. Uh, so that's another one. We have one around nutrition, and, and that's all around the, some of the stuff I told you before about the microbiome, digestive health, and so forth. Um, so we, we've kind of made a number of these different bets, right? And so within that, you know, we, we, we look at and we have a – we actually map out a five- to ten-year strategy in terms of where we think the market's going, what we need to bring to the market. We, As I said, we test that with our customers. And then we do exactly as they score all these buttons. So, you know, at any one time, we probably as a company have uh, globally probably 120 different new products under development. Wow. Uh, you know, within within the global, my global group, it's a smaller smaller set of that. It's about half of that. But in, in that case, it's, it's really the more longer term and more difficult challenges. Some of the more tweaks, I would say, or variations have done more on a regional level. But we score all these projects. We rate them on their, their you know. Time, how, how long does it take to come to market? Uh, how long is it? Uh, how technically challenging is it? How well does it fit with our long-term strategy? What's the, the sales and value potential? How much capital is invested? So we have we take all these parameters into consideration. We we generate a score that gives us a relative score. And honestly, we have to be a little bit ruthless and, and focus on the projects, as you said, that they're going to deliver the most benefit to the company. Uh, you know. Yeah, and it's, it's balanced between short, medium, and long-term projects, but ultimately deliver the most value for 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 us as a company, and also generally for our customers as well. So, uh, and we limit we limit we have a limit on the total number of projects that we can really undertake at one time, and we rigorously go through that on a regular basis. And, you know, the the idea with all these new products, as you as I was talking about earlier, given the length of time it takes, you got to be you got to be astute. You got to make decisions to, to kill things early if they're not going to be successful, rather than hanging on. So we say if you're going to you fail at something, fail fail fast, right? So that we can move on to the next the next opportunity. So we have a pipeline of all these opportunities available. That makes sense. And and we're uh, almost out of time here, but what? Uh... What are some innovations that you're most excited about? You know, you mentioned the microbiome, which is a really interesting area. Um, is there is that one area that you're really excited about? Is it another area that you think has a lot of a, interesting yeah. potential? Yeah, yeah. I think I think listen, I think this whole thing around nutrition is is, is interesting. It's challenging, right? So whether we're talking about we we we're, we petitioned the the FDA for a product we've done a lot of research on uh, called High Maze that actually. It can reduce your your blood sugar, and we're, hopefully, FDA will give us a claim. Wow! Uh, something like that it can help help uh, you know uh, reduce the risk of diabetes. Um, so you know we do it. That that's exciting because that kind of ingredient can actually be incorporated to breads, baked goods, uh, all the kinds of different What's that products from? that can actually have a positive. Yeah, it's actually made from. It, it, you know, it's interesting as you say. It's it's. Uh, it's a combination of technologies. We we actually have an active breeding program where we develop new varieties of, of, of corn. In this case, we have a special variety of corn, and then we process it in a way with just using heat and moisture in a very special way huh. to to actually make it resistant to digestion. And so it acts more like ah, a fiber smart. Uh, in your in your in your intestinal system. And and actually lower. And we've got clinical studies then that have shown that it lowers your blood sugar. So. And, you know, this is the, the key, for example, when people talk about whole grains and so forth, those are more resistant to digestion. So it kind of mimics that, but then makes it in a form that can be more readily incorporated into a variety of different food sources. So that's something that could be a game changer in terms of human health. Other things that I'm excited about is this whole area of clean and simple 
uh, ingredients. Uh, again, you know, if you, 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 you know, you go to Whole Foods and that's, that's probably the, for, for somebody in North America, the epitome <laughs> in terms of, you know, natural and, and everything else. But this is, this is coming across the spectrum now that people are expecting products with cleaner labels, simpler things. You saw Kraft has now just made all their Kraft macaroni and cheese natural colors. Uh, and so, um, this is an area that we're active in. We're helping a lot of these companies to, to reformulate their, their products to make them, at least for the textural sampling, particularly textural sampling, very, uh, clean label and, and, and so they can make these sorts of claims. And the last area is this whole area of sugar reduction. And I think that's another one, that, again, when it comes down to, you know, uh, human health, the positive effect on human health. Uh, we have a, we have um, stevia-based products that we sell today, uh, and we have a next generation that we're under development, which I think have, have tremendous uh, flavor benefits uh, over the current products. We're also looking at, you know, um, other other in, in ingredients that can play a role in helping to reduce reduce sugar. So those are the three areas I would pick uh, as the ones that I'm most excited. Gotcha. And and the last question, and this is more of a a um, personal one, is if you know, do you have a tip for all the rest of us to uh, think about food in a different way, or like, how, do you? I'm I'm trying to figure out if you'd be an awesome house guest or one that would analyze all the food and understand it more than in depth and uh, critique the food. Um, but uh, yeah, do you have a tip for the audience of you know how you think about food when you're eating it, or and maybe you don't think about it in a scientific way, but. No, I, I, I do. I, I mean, when I, if I have a, a new food that I haven't tried before, I try to think about a couple of different things. I try to think about why did they make the choice of the ingredients that they did in coming up with this food? Why did they pick the flavors that they did? Why did they pick the ingredients they did? Why did they prepare it that way? And what does that tell us about the culture of the company, the country or the history of the country? Hmm. Um, so it's, you know, it's fascinating when you, you think about, uh, you know, um, uh, I, you know, Indian food, I would just pick as an example. I mean, it's, it's one that they use a lot of exotic spices. They've been very clever in making foods that are vegetarian and, and that are balanced in terms of nutrition and why they make choices between different ingredients. It's, it's, it's not only do they taste good, but they have to provide a complete diet because uh, they don't eat meat. And so um, when you look at a food in that way, it kind of gives you some insight into, you know, possible interesting ideas for the future. So uh, I, I constantly look at food that way. And I think you can, you know, you look at it from a historical perspective, you look at it from a scientific perspective, and it really gives you insight into why that food exists in the form that it does. Interesting. Yeah, it gives a much uh, richer kind of aspect to uh, eating and food in general when we do that. I'll, have to, I'll make sure to do that. If it's a, um, Great. especially I got to figure out more of my German heritage, <laughs> but no, that, that's a good advice. There's a lot in German food. I mean, <laughs> sauerkraut, sauerkraut was a way of preserving, preserving food, uh, you know, for a long period of time, pickling of food. I mean, so why did they do that? Because they, you know, they needed, they made a, they obviously grew a lot of uh, cabbage and they needed to find a way to use it in the off season. Right. So all these things have a, a reason for being. That's very true. Very true. Well, Unfortunately, we're out of time, but Tony, definitely really appreciate your time and thoughts. This is uh, fascinating to learn more about food and how to think about food and what you're working on and, and how you do it. So really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for the opportunity. And, 
you know, I think it's uh, you're covering an exciting space, and I think it's going to be exciting for years to come. So, definitely, thanks. definitely, and uh, and thanks for everyone for listening to a, another episode of Flyer Labs, and uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Tony. <laughs>